It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. It is high noon on a Monday. It is the Jack Michaels Show here at 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, and 740thefan.com. It is a time for roll call. Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen in studio. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. Yeah, and Jack is in Kansas City. They're, they're almost, well, they're about halfway there, around the halfway point to Cleburne, Texas. Yes. Good afternoon, boys. It would be the equivalent of uh, leaving Fargo today and driving to somewhere in Montana if you're heading straight west. We've got about nine hours, eight and a half left, and yep. things are going good. Did a little stop over in Kansas City, because why not, right? You know, you got to get a little rest there, and Bussy uh, needs to obviously legally get off his uh, feet for some. So Correct. we're in KC about to depart for the big city of Cleburne. I've seen this, too, and this is not unusual in the minor leagues. In fact, I know the, uh, in the International League, the St. Paul Saints do this a lot where it's a uh, week-long six-game uh, six series. And uh, this is uh, maybe not quite as common uh, in the American Association, but with Cleburne kind of on their own, basically, geographically, in the, uh, in the uh, American Association now, you're starting to see this a little bit more, correct? We certainly have in the last couple of years. You're right, Brad, because, yeah, you go down there and you knock out your six games. Now, them being in the other division, you know, that'll that'll wrap up our, our excursion to Cleburne, just six games down there. And, and I think they come back to Fargo, but yeah, they are on an island. Could you imagine if there were a couple of trips down there in a bus league? <laughs> it would be uh, – I remember the, uh, the the movie Vacation. Remember when Clark was talking about the smell from the back seat was terrible. You know, it's just. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're navigating it. Uh, we're navigating it, it well. And rain hit Friday. Doubleheader hit Saturday, and then the game Sunday. It took off right after the game, and and uh, now on our way. So Red Hawks had a little four and two homestand. Can't argue with that. Twins starting off their road trip well with two out of three against Detroit. So life is okay. And this was, I think, a series they had to get for two reasons. Let's talk about the Twins here first. And, uh, Derek, feel free to uh, to chime in as well. Just, I think, one after the series last week at home where the Twins did not play well and lost three of uh, lost three of four. And then to come back and win in a, a, a nice tenth inning where they had to do some small ball to get it done. And I there's a point I want to get to with Royce Lewis, and I made this point in, uh, with Joel Heitkamp this morning over in KFGO. But, uh Two of three because they've got two really good teams in the front window now with the Braves and the Orioles. Yeah, there's no question. And I, I think, uh, well, we said it how many times, you just got to win series, and that's what it comes down to. And they had, hadn't won one many up until this point, so they just got to kind of keep on keeping on because it is going to be tough sledding right now. And, of course, uh, Atlanta and Minnesota always uh, attached at the hip over 91, and uh, it's, I just think about that every time, so that's kind of a fun thing. It is, that is one thing about playing everyone every year is that you get to think about that at least once a year now. Yes, that's uh, very true. I don't know if Ron Gant and Ken Herbeck are going to reunite no. once again. Probably not. But uh, it's, still probably get booed oh, I, in oh, the capital of the oh, South. I viciously, would I would sure. Uh, Royce Lewis got the uh, game-winning hit in the 10th inning, and some of his post-game quotes I thought were really interesting, and I'll, uh, and I'll get both of you uh, – both your takes on this, but uh, he made the point about how he's kind of had to change the approach a little bit, and I wish, I hope this message doesn't uh, fall on deaf ears to some of the uh, other players in that roster, but he said this, and this this is the quote, I looked at where some of our plans were going and how the pitchers were pitching us, and they weren't attacking us with our plan of getting a mistake. I was like, why don't I just start being aggressive, putting the ball in play? What a concept. (laughs) That's it. You know, just through osmosis, I'm sitting right behind Anthony Renz, our hitting coach, and Chris Coast. Who's well, hand the phone to Renz, see what he uh, said on that. <laughs> I should pass the phone to Anthony Renz about that comment from Rocco. Putting the ball in play. No, you this, know. Was, this, this was Royce Lewis. It's, uh, or Royce Lewis. And I thought, sorry, yeah. the youngest Rocco guy, wouldn't say no, that. Rock, that's the problem. Rock, yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason we have this. Roy, I thought one of the youngest guys on the roster might, have the, uh, might get it more than anybody else. It's amazing. Well, Coaster talks about that quite a bit, you know, putting it in place. So so the whole approach is different. You know, as you were reading that, Brad, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, every team 
usually has developed some sort of identity. You know, we talked to Dick Bremer about this, what was it, a few weeks ago. And normally by this time, maybe you've got a good fingerprint on, on what the identity is. So I, I don't, I, I, we thought we knew it with the Twins. And then, of course, you know, injury and this and that and lots of strikeouts. So I'm thinking, you know, what is there? And, and can they reinvent that for the remainder of the season? Here we are not far from the All-Star break. And so I'm just wondering what you guys feel theirs is right now. Um, really good pitching, starting pitching. And I think it was solidified yeah. last Thursday when Joe Ryan went the distance. Something seems like forever. Well, they say Jose Barrios is the last one to do that. I mean, correct. I mean, they, they traded him way a lifetime ago. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to is they have a one of the better starting rotations in the you know American leagues for sure, and that is uh, pretty much where they're at. And then they're just uh, Kind of going, you know, trying to get muster up runs where they can and hope the bullpen doesn't fail them. That's that's their identity is the start. I'd say what the top three pitchers for sure. Um, yes, yeah. I would second that. Uh, I think it's a team that has, I think, has certain offensive capabilities and obviously has uh, has underachieved as well. Um, I've made this point in social media that where would they be without Willie Castro and Donovan Solano, a couple of kind of garden variety pickups, but seem to have that approach that Royce Lewis was talking about. It isn't kind of swing for the fences. It's just more trying to make contact and, uh, you know, center things up, use the entire field. Well, yeah, and we talk often, too, about the stars being stars, you know, but right now it just seems like, you know, knock on wood, Royce Lewis consistently – in there getting it done you know that, that was just a good win against detroit just a nice win uh for the twins and to wrap up that series but you know they're putting in play i mean those balls in the 10th inning you know off gloves infields in just manufacturing putting a ball in play you know if good pitching and you know balls in play gutsy kind of not small ball per se is there a mo with an occasional correa walk off or buxton 466 foot home run you know, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And I guess we live with that because, of course, fellas, they're swimming in a pool of mediocrity in the Central Division. Ooh. Right? That'll, that should be no question about that. Uh, some Red Ox notes. Uh, Dylan Thomas is headed to the Mexican League. And uh, that it comes, you know, congratulations to him. It doesn't come at a great time for a, uh, a lineup that's been real depleted here in the last week. <laughs> I look around and... Uh, we picked up a nice young man that uh, pitched from Lincoln who's sitting across the aisle from me last night at, a, at, a, at about a midnight. We called a midnight run, the old movie Midnight Run. We pulled a midnight run and packed up, uh, picked up uh, Matt Goodhart, who's, uh, who's with the team now. And you're right, Dylan and I got in the parking lot uh, the other day, and Dylan and Carell Prime were, you know, in a truck leaving. Normally I'm thinking, oh, it's just players going to get, like, Chipotle for a lunch real quick before the game. And Dylan informed me that, uh, that he's heading to Mexico. So good opportunity. Obviously there's some more dollars involved for that. And, you know, John Silviano is not on this trip. He's still nursing a, a leg uh, you know, injury, some inflammation. So they don't want to rush that back and, and risk it just 30-some games into the season. And Manny Boscan continues to nurse a hamstring. So while that's going on, this team has still got the best record in the American Association. And it's it's funny as you navigate these waters what this team has been able to do. Uh, so, you know, now you got a six-gamer coming up. And, if, boy, if they can pull, pull a 500 record on this road trip or better yet, go for it too wouldn't that be something before heading home but yeah so uh, got some young boys uh, stepping in big time for the hawks brad and Derek. and you know what that's that's baseball don't have a minor league system you can't go over to rugby and grab a couple of players no. on highway yeah. two you know or no nsu's been a pretty good <laughs> when they need to i mean i and you know concordia too right uh well, crookston Joey and concordia yeah, and, yeah right yeah. works out pretty good <laughs> Like yeah, it. between Crookston, Gustavus, Concordia, NDSU, yeah, let's go. Yeah, that, that works out pretty well. I got to ask you guys. I, I mean, we've talked about with the NFL forever. What what does playing a baseball game in London do for anybody? I mean, don't we have to – like, I could care – I understood if, like, there's a Premier League game would probably do huge here, you know, if, if they decided to do some exhibition games and that type of thing. But uh, – a Cubs-Cardinals game that's not at regular or Bush Stadium makes no sense to me. What am I missing here? Oh, was that a great question? I'll start. Um, I don't know because it seems <laughs> <don't>, like... <laughs> they have TVs like in Europe the last I heard, right? 
Right, right. Unless there's unless Abner Doubleday had a cousin that would, that invented cricket. I just and somehow we've combined that, and we're going to bring America's pastime to London. I know this seems to be a thing, right? We're in bed with the with the with England about bringing games over there. Yeah, I just well, don't... and the the Yankees and Red Sox did it too. Right. Why would you not have the Yankees and Red Sox in New York or Fenway? That's, I just I don't know. It's sacrilegious to me. I just I don't. I mean, I can understand. A not long history of Jacksonville going to London, if you want to do that, and the ties that the owner, Khan, has to Premier League. Okay, whatever. I mean, I, I don't understand the whole fascination with playing all these games in Europe. and Mexico City, I can understand more than anything, right? If you've sent the Cowboys sure. to Mexico City since, you know, much of Mexico are Cowboy fans, whatever. I mean, but I, I don't understand what we're trying to do here when – we're such a global world. I can talk to someone right now in Nigeria on Facebook Messenger. Why do we need to have games over there? I, I don't get it when you're selling out stadiums here. It would make sense to me, Derek and Brad, you know, as you nailed it. Mexico, yes. You know, Venezuela, sure. Dominican, why not? Let's go. Let's bring it in. But you're right. That there's uh, – Seems to yeah, be for that, baseball, that let's do be... where we get the baseball players from. That's a right. great point. Yeah, like I, say, like I said, the Twins played in Puerto right. Rico a few years back. So yeah. Yes. Puerto Rico, yes. But yeah, we don't need to I, put a Cubs-Cards game. I mean, if the Cubs are facing the, you know, well, the Brewers are Twins, let's say. Okay, well, not that you shouldn't even say the Brewers, but because you know, they're a rival now. But mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm getting at is that. They're playing the Pirates. Yeah. Put a Twins-Pirates game yeah. over there. I, just, I don't understand why you would take it out of their home stadium. Yeah, I don't know if they're just trying yeah. to hit another market or if there's a people if, if England is pawning over to have Major League Baseball. I don't I understand they're trying to market their product just like every other sport, but yeah, I, I just it seems like an odd fit. Yeah, well it equates, you know, I you know, obviously from a musical standpoint, uh, you get some of the English to come over and do concerts, say if uh, Elton John played the Barnesville VFW. Yeah, of that's everybody over. is. We don't get a ch- <laughs> right. That goes that goes over well. From a sports angle, does it work in reverse mode? What what sport from other you know there that would come here that would be so global that that we would fill the largest stadiums? You know what I mean? Does well, I think like mode? if you put like let's say Barcelona taking on Man U over here, it would you know ah. let's put it in the Coliseum. It would pr- be pretty big, right? I mean, I would. I mean, I think. That would be like the equivalent of trying to get Taylor Swift tickets in the cities this past weekend. <laughs> but uh, and I By get way, it, right? Because we, we, the- <laughs> we have a lot of soccer fans there. You know, they're watching the Premier League now. I, I get all that, but um, I don't understand this. I don't. I think we're trying to put a square peg in Ronald. I mean, I can understand the NFL is doing more than what baseball is doing because I just don't think. I think baseball has to appreciate what they are. Is a it's a it's a game for the Americas. Both uh, Central America and North America, you know that. Yeah. Has the NBA done much overseas? Well, they did China, and that got them a whole bunch of hot water, right? Right. So, right. I'm mean, trying to recall. I mean, not a lot. They haven't yeah. done a lot of games. I think they went to Japan one year. I mean, and it just but this this is weird. I think baseball. It's just a baseball's just a sport for America, I think, and then. Everyone flocks to America for that sport. I don't think you're going to be able to do it in reverse. You know, I, I should say Japan, well, too, obviously. And yeah, they've done games part, in Japan. Uh, yeah, parts of Asia, because ba- baseball is huge there, too. i got to be fair. But. Yeah, On a global scale, though, what you're, what you're talking about, Derek and Brad, still is the, uh, I think, the popularity of the NFL. It works elsewhere. Why? Because it's just, it's off the charts popular here. Yep. You know, I'm sure MLB is, too, but it's not like, the NFL uh, going over there. There's the product. We see the the insanity for for American football in in Europe and whatnot. And I think we lost you. I don't you. know. I don't even. Do you, oh, did everyone. you lose me? No, we got you. Am I back? We got you. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the wooded area. My text up question today. You can text in at three five two seven zero. Maybe non sporty. I reference vacation. Derek, Brad, you guys have been on vacations with the family, but. Maybe like your your uh, not worst uh, worst one you've taken with a family or you as a child on where you had to stop in this maybe a tire blew out and you had to change on the side of a road and, you know, the long trip we're on an 18 hour trip by the way it's so far smooth I mean absolutely smooth but if you have a uh,
a vacation, a horror story, and I mean that in a good way, uh, you can text it at 35270. I'm just curious what some uh, might come in today on the uh, on the uh, text club today. Yes. Oh, I got one for you. Yes, phone lines too, 237-3767 or 1-888-458-6926. I also will add to the text club as well. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be at Star Fireworks with the uh, with the show. Uh, I will be I uh, will be uh, out there, and we have I have some ten dollar gift cards to Star Fireworks, and I will even throw in with those uh, four pack of tickets for the Red Hawks Milwaukee game on July sixth. If you want those as well, so sweet. you can text Star with two R's S T A R R to three five two seven zero. And, uh, we, and uh, we'll put you in line for one of those gift cards and some Red Hawks tickets if you like them as well. Boy, I like that. Derek, I'm curious. Uh, how bad was it? Well, so we went to my cousin's wedding. We decided, and that was out in Bozeman, Montana, and this when I was younger. And we had a Ford Escort station wagon. And we decided to take the little Yellowstone swing. So we did, you know, South Dakota, went to you know, Black Hills, you know, Mount Rushmore, the whole thing. And we're going through the great state of Wyoming. And I don't know what it is about states that start with W, but you have Wisconsin State Patrol and you have Wyoming State Patrol. And they, I guess they're notorious for looking for out-of-state licenses too. So my mother's driving, and the air conditioner was not working well. In a dead of summer type of trip, right? And so when we would, you know, we're talking 1980s here. So when we put the air conditioner on, it would really drain, so we couldn't go much more than 55 miles an hour. So we get uh, go through a construction zone, and we get pulled over. My my poor mother's driving, and he says, well, I got you for both a 55 in the construction zone, 45, and I, I got you for a 65 in the 55. And this is still when it was 55, right, or mid-80s? And we're, and we're like, no way. And he was just a jerk. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to go argue with the Wyoming? I mean, what you, you're not going to sit there and do the court date, right? So you're just <laughs> – so you got to send in the fine. And, 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 I mean, he was just a jerk. He was totally lying. There's no way that that car was going over there. But – and then so most of the time we're trying – and then we're already ornery because we're in this hot day and the air conditioner is not working well. So you're doing the five, you know, four-way open window thing all the way from South Dakota to Wyoming in Yellowstone National Park. Thank you very much. That was awful. Well, that's a tough one to top. <laughs> the trip itself is good, though. Yeah, I mean, no. yeah. Oh, man. We yeah, haven't had, like, real catastrophic ones. We've had moments where it gets – um, we went really the one real long trip, the Andersons, we went to the East Coast when I was about 17. Uh, we went to Washington, D.C. We went to Philadelphia. I remember going to a game at the old vet with the Phillies and the Braves. That was the year, the, that, that was the year they those two met in the playoffs to go to the World Series. So that was kind of fun. And then we went to an Orioles game at Camden Yards, and that was when Camden Yards was fairly new. Um, so actually the trip went fairly well. We were coming back home, and we um, uh, we flew into Minneapolis, and there were some storms between here and Minneapolis. We actually were halfway we were halfway home um, from Minneapolis to here, and had to turn around because there was lightning. And I think lightning hit the plane, and we had to turn we had to turn around, and go back to Minneapolis, and oh, wow. sleep in the uh, sleep in the airport that night. And then they had to roust up a crew to do the five a.m. flight to get us back. To uh, to Fargo, and then there was this um, there was a young lady that was she was flying by herself, and she was from Wapaton, if I remember correctly. And I don't think she had because of the change and everything else, she didn't have a ride home. So, and I think our car was at the airport. So we not only we got her home, we drove her down to Wapaton, I think it was Wapaton, and then got got her got her safely home, and then turned around. I think with Wapaton, and then back to Lisbon. So it was it was just a. Trip was great. Getting home was a complete, uh, complete mess. We're doing your uh, your vacation or your trip uh, horror stories. We mean that in a good way, I guess. I don't want we don't want any tragedy. Hopefully, God forbid. Uh, Three five two seven zero. And as Brad said, Star Fireworks. If you text the word Star S T A R R and Red Hawks tickets against Milwaukee. I'll let this before we break and bring Doc Phil on on a Monday roundtable. Of course, there are probably about three hundred. Uh, Red Hawk stories, not the very least of being Gino Caruso stripping down naked, asking our busy to turn the AC on yes. back to Derek's air conditioning uh, uh, story. Yeah. But I remember my brother played baseball in Southern California, and we were down 
driving from Williston down into the you know, Southern Cal uh, back in the day prior to any kind of you know GPS. If, if you're old enough, you remember the trips in the car were all about an atlas and a map that once you unfolded it, never could be folded back in the same perforated <laughs> area. So, so you got Marge, you got Marge navigating in the front with that map. My father Roy, and, and like any great male, God forbid you ever ask for directions or think that maybe your compass is off. You know, Dad was a, it's his wheel. Let's go. And we're in in Utah. I believe we were in Salt Lake City, Utah. Might have stopped for some gas or what have you, and then continuing on our way into into you know Southern California eventually. And uh, Dad pulled out of a gas station. Uh, the wrong way on a on like a three lane or four lane one way in a busy street in Salt Lake City, Utah. And if you've ever felt like a salmon swimming upstream with nothing but vehicles coming your way, and the scene from the front was mom still with that map, couldn't see through the front window, dad thinking he's still on the right, even though going the wrong way in a one way. I can tell you in the back seat where there wasn't a soul wearing a seat belt, I'm sleeping on the hump of the axle in a Ford LTD or whatever oh, yeah. you're driving on oh, yeah. that. It was about it was about four minutes of sheer panic. Unless you looked at Dad, he was calm and cool for the most part driving the run way, uh, wrong way on a one-way in Utah. So that would be one of my submissions for as we pulled off so illegally. I can't believe that Wyoming cop Derek talked about didn't wasn't some oh, yeah. of the area to pull us over, for goodness sake. It, uh, yeah. I do remember, you, know, you ever have those tantrums when you're younger, you feel bad what you put your parents through? You know, yep. Right? Yeah, I, I, right. had, I had one of those when I was uh, 16, missing my girlfriend, went on a trip to Manitoba. And my, my dad, I think he told me to get out of the car and he's going to leave me in Manitoba. But I, <laughs> but, He'll leave you at the border. Exactly. Wait, yeah, I, I decided to get back in because I really had nowhere to go. I mean, it was kind of Good tough plan. there. Yeah. I, there was a Red Hawks uh, trip I think I went uh, I think I went for you on. We were going to Wichita, and we went overnight. We left after the game, and we stopped in Sioux Falls, and I bet it was about 15 or 20 minutes later, um, the bus died. Oh, no. And that was like, like I said, we saw the sun come up yes. with that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the fun ones, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, flight delay stories are always, you know, that's always a nightmare, too. But uh... We got to Wichita. I remember I think we stopped at, uh, I think it was the bus driver's wife or, so, or somebody that helped us out. And uh, we stopped somewhere in somewhere in Nebraska. I can't even remember the town, but she made sandwiches and everything for us. We eventually got to Wichita by two, and it was about 127 degrees when we got to Wichita, as it usually is that time of year. And uh, yeah, I think we were supposed to get there maybe about ten. We got there about two for a uh, seven uh, seven o'clock first pitch. We should have titled this, guys. And I know we're up against the clock. We should have titled it "What's Your Wally World or Close to It Story?" <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Three five two seven L. So uh, we'll, we'll get you back in the studio. So I believe we got Doc Phil coming up yep. around the corner. Yep, Doc's and, ready to uh, go. And uh, yes, uh, you can text awesome. Star as well. S T A double R. And we've got uh, ten dollar gift cards to Star Fireworks, and we'll even throw in some Red Hawks tickets if you'd like for the uh, July sixth game against the Milwaukee Milkmen. Awesome. Doc Phil coming up next. Jack Michaels on the road. Derek and Brad in studio. And it's a Monday edition of the Jack Michaels Show on 740 The Fan. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 What's up, Jack? Well, here he is, uh, Dr. Phil Johnson, joining us on our round table. I love the the uh, the magic of technology, which Doc knows all too well when he joins us from Team USA all over the world, uh, doing his thing. And Doc in a mobile bus, the uh, the big charter rolling down uh, the highway, heading into uh, Texas today. Derek and Brad in studio. Doc, uh, what was the exciting news from the weekend in your world, my friend? Uh, I landed eighteen. 18- Trout on Friday and Ooh. landed 17 on Saturday. Where at? Where were we? At the Missouri River in beautiful Craig and Cascade, Montana. That sounds like fun. That sounds like yeah, the river yeah, runs to it. A regular Brad Pitt there going on. That's cool. Yeah. Was it river fishing yeah. like that? Uh, yeah, kind of like that. We were in the boat, though. We were. In oh, yeah. Boat. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, that that but, sounds awesome. But I, anyway, so Jack, so Jack, I'm watching yes. the Dodgers play the Astros last night, and and, and I think you'll understand what I went on. And I saw this young player for the Dodgers by the name of DeLuca, and yep. and in the latter part of the game, you know, and it, it was really close. And I see him steal second, and all I can think of right at that point is Maury is looking down, and he has got the biggest smile on his face because that kid beat the throw by, God, like a second. I mean, he wasn't even close. <laughs> he got the best jump uh, off that pitcher, and and you and I both know Maury. He just his passion for stealing for stealing bases, and that kid was just on fire. I mean, it was really fun to see. So, and I think eventually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was the game-winning run. Yeah, we were watching that. Actually, I think that's Johnny DeLuca you're talking about uh, for the Dodgers. We were watching part of that game last night. I'm guessing now, I didn't see that part, Doc, and my question for you, did he go head first, or did he do the, the feet first, you know, twist away as Wills used to steal bases, did you remember if he goes head first or, or feet first? Well, he he was the traditional foot first, and he jumped up on his foot. I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't even close. Uh, it was it was uh, artistry in motion. There's no question, and uh, that was just that was just really cool to see. And I immediately thought of more. I went, you know, somewhere along the line, that kid looked at a Maury Wills probably video and saw how to do it. Yeah, what you're getting at, by the way, to put that into perspective, and I'm sitting in a bus full of professional ball players, you know, and we talk about uh, whenever I see that, what you just described, and now that's a regular season game against the Astros, but whenever I see that, I think, okay, now, now, what's the most pressure uh, an athlete has been under? Is it at the charity stripe, down by two? or down by one with two free throws in an NBA Finals game? Is it a guy on first where 50,000, 60,000 people are screaming, go, 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 and you still got to steal that base? You know, is it at the, you know, take your pick of the pressure situation going on? That's a, every time I see a guy steal a base, I'm thinking, okay, now, now add 20 more thousand people and everybody knows you're going. And that's usually what I see when I'm going. And that's what Wills was under, uh, certainly when he was chasing Cobb, Doc. And Derek and Brad, that 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 you know, what is the most what what's the most pressure situation we can name that an athlete has been under in in sport? And so that that to me is always pressure. Anybody standing over a three foot putt to win a a tournament? Oh, oh, that's that's yes, uh, that's right, that's right. I don't know a shootout girl, you know, in your final shot, you know, I don't know to get a point, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to chime in with Troy Perry in the shootout uh, versus Canada at the Bell Center in Montreal with 20,000 screaming Canadians screaming at him, hoping that he doesn't score and he scores and we win the gold medal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, for me, it is going to come down to because we've seen so many of them. I mean, Classic, uh, you know, like a Mitch Williams versus Joe Carter situation or, uh, you know, that type of thing. The reliever versus the guy who is down to his last strike or last out to win something so important. So, Luis arrives in his final advantage of the regular season, hitting 399. That could be. That might come into play. Question for Doc. Question for Doc here. It's kind of a uh, kind of a scary moment uh, Saturday night. Jose De Leon, who's been a reliever for the yeah. Twins, who's been dealing with and has had arm trouble in his um, in his career, has really done a nice job for the Twins. Uh, was t- taking his warm up tosses late in the game Saturday night against the Tigers, and it was described as let me find it here. Uh, he said something akin to an electric shock in his right elbow in his final final warm up pitch. He dropped his glove. Clutched his elbow and ran off the mound. So that uh, initially it looks like it looks like a bad sign. They have put him on the disabled list, and there hasn't been uh, any really much reported on uh, really since then. But he is on the IL. But hopefully, it's not season ending. Probably is classic instability of the elbow. The question is whether he's torn his ulnar collateral ligament mm-hmm. uh, completely or partially. 
the reason they get that electric shock is that the ulnar nerve, which is the big nerve right around your elbow, the funny bone nerve, that either, and, and two things can happen. You can dislocate that nerve actually to the front and tear the little membranes over the top of it. Or there's been so much stress and torque applied to that elbow that it stretches the nerve, and that's why you get that electric shock down into your elbow. And obviously there will be an MRI scan today, and they will discern the integrity of his ulnar collateral ligament. Does he have a partial tear that they maybe just try and rehab, or do they consider surgical internabrace stabilization a la like they did with the San Francisco uh, quarterback, or is it a complete tear, and in that situation then he has to undergo a Tommy John surgery, and so then the season's over. If I was a pitcher in Major League Baseball for any of the other uh... – 29 teams, I would not want to be traded to the Twins, because it's like the Bermuda Triangle of getting injured if you start pitching for the Twins. I mean, the acquisitions that Derek and Thad have made. Brad, how many of them are hurt? It's it's amazing. Uh, Tyler Malley's pitched about 10 minutes uh, last year and about 10 minutes this year, and Chris Paddock, and yeah, I mean, it's just... Kenta Maeda. Yeah, my, it's just, yeah. It, it just never uh, ends, Doc, and it, you just... It's, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to laugh, but He's right, though. It is just kind of oh, it's like, it's like know, there's it's a like black, the black cloud hole. over Target yeah. Field or something. <laughs> yeah. this is the black it's a curse, hole. Jack. It's a curse. <laughs> and I did fly over Target Field yesterday, and there's no black cloud. I didn't see a black cloud over Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'd imagine usually, for you. Yes. Usually I live by... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, usually I live by the, the theory of with great pain comes great birth and and you know freshness and newness and paid beauty for ashes but i don't know what the twins i i think it's just let's just walk around with rabbit's feet crossing our fingers for goodness sakes oh, man. jack were you trying to were you trying to tell us that you've gone through a birthing experience there or what what well i've seen it i've seen it happen it's, it's, <laughs> i've seen the pain and then twice over the yes on the other side <laughs> yeah, yeah twice yeah twice yeah right i've seen i've seen that i i'm familiar with what it looks like not necessarily what maybe it feels yeah your friday afternoon <laughs> guess is going yeah whatever dude you have no idea yeah exactly <laughs> that's exactly right speaking of that guys uh, yeah, we'll reel it back in. Speaking of that, you know, as Derek said, the McQuaids were on this past weekend in Bismarck, and Shannon joined us Friday, and Brad and I were, were looking. They, for the first time, had a um, a state pen game where the residents, you know, called residents, you know, the inmates, that's what we're talking about of the state pen, uh, had a chance, and I'm sure those that, that had earned some, some merit to play or what have you, they they played the USA All Stars. Used to be the, called the the uh, the Patriots, uh, but it used to be the the Wounded Warriors. Which if you've seen them, you know uh, men and or women that have lost limbs uh, fighting for our country. That and and if you unless you've watched you know someone with a prosthetic uh, that have lost limbs play those those softball players, you'd be amazed at, at what they still are able to perform. But they had a state pen game on Friday morning, Doc, and I thought Derek. You were joined us on Friday, and Brad, we were like, wow, this might be something they do every year, for goodness sakes. Yeah, that, that's akin to, like, the Paralympics and the sled team, you know, in hockey. I mean, it's amazing what some of those guys can do and without legs and what they do on those little scooters that they're on and, you know, their arm strength and everything else. It reminds me, too, what was that movie that Burt Reynolds was in? Um, were they the Longest Yard. Guys? Longest Yard, yeah. Longest Yard, yep. Yeah, I do have another uh, uh, question on injury, and, and we've seen the Twins, not just the pitchers you guys brought up uh, pitching, but, you know, there also been soft tissue. We talked about the hamstring and, and a Red Hawk going through that. Our hamstring issues, Doc, uh, primarily uh, the result of, of acceleration or deceleration. Acceler- acceleration or deceleration when we talk about the hamstring, Doc. It's, it's the sudden eccentric overload, which is, you know, basically acceleration of that muscle. Um, oftentimes it just, um, you know, perhaps not an initial strength that, that's there. Uh, we see that in those quick start and stop sports, especially like sprinters and, and outfielders in baseball, where they're trying to run real quick to get to the ball. And obviously then they overextend, they hyperextend their knee a little bit. And so the hamstring... Uh, if it's not strong enough to resist that overpull, then it then it tears the muscle, and so that's what you're dealing with in most situations. 
But, uh, yeah, it's a troubling injury because there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do other than you've got to rest and you've got to go through the rehab. Uh, and the hope would be that you then over-strengthen it so that it doesn't uh, happen down the line. But the reality is once you've torn your hamstring, you have an increased risk of doing that again at some point in your career. Getting back to the McQuaid softball tournament, true or false, Doc Phil, and I know yeah. you're going to be retiring, but amateur softball throughout the country, job security for everyone in your line of work. <laughs> well, you know, you would think some of that is the case, but, you know, I think some of these guys are getting smarter, either that or they're listening to the program, because you don't see as much of that anymore as we used to. We used to see sprained ankles and broken ankles right. and uh, uh, shoulders, you know, all the time. Um, and so, it, you know, the incidence is, is down, which is good. So maybe people are taking better care of themselves, doing some uh, off-season training, getting in a little bit better shape. But, but I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Um, you've got people that aren't doing this activity on a regular basis, and when they hit that base with their foot, their foot rolls or their ankle rolls, uh, or they think they are in better shape than they are, and they do the head-first slides and break fingers and dislocate elbows and you know, and things like that, or they're trying to throw it to home plate from center field, and they've never done that in their life, and then their rotator cuff gets torn or their labrum gets torn. So there's still a few of those out there. But interestingly, you know, I haven't seen quite as, as many as we used to uh, years gone by. Well, Jack, it could be a case, too, where these guys realize they don't have to be Pete Rose and Ray Fossey for you know a game that doesn't, you know, is not going to necessarily put you with a World Series check. So. But True. I'm proud of those that still do it well, Derek. But you just described why I exited that particular sport. It just I couldn't. I, I just I think I rolled one and I went. You know what? I can't. This is all right. I'll sit and coach. I can coach. I'll do that. I'll write the lineup up. Yeah, that'll work. Uh... They doc uh, NHL draft this week. Do you, uh, do you put a lot? You pay a lot of uh, attention to that, or some of it, or uh, I guess obviously it'll be uh, it'll be fun to look at. There'll be some familiar names. I'm sure that'll get drafted. Yeah, you know, I think, I think the, the the intrigue for this year's draft is over. I mean, Connor Bedard's going to Chicago. That's yep. just a given. Yep. And then I think Fantilli, you know, will probably be going to Anaheim. And I think that would be a really good fit for Adam Fantilli. question is, is who's going to be third. And there's a kid at the National Team Development Program by the name of Will Smith that is really lights out. He couldn't play with us with the World Juniors this year because he was ill, which was unfortunate. But he lit it up there at the National Team Development Program. So it'd be interesting to see if he goes third. I, I think there's a high likelihood he would. The The real intrigue is, is anybody going to draft a Russian player? Um, because there are a couple of them that are out there that are extremely good. Um, and, and that kid could go third as well, or he could go second. But there's the big unknown about whether they would ever be able to be, uh, you know, I don't say extradited, but, you know, brought out of Russia to play in the NHL. Um, and his his name is just it's not Medvedev, but it's it's like that. Um, and he is really an amazing talent too. He's he and Con- Connor Bedard are uh, uh, really similar, you know, in build, shot. Uh, I don't think he gets nearly the enough attention that he probably should. But the question will be: Will anybody take a chance on him and try and draft him? Because I'm sure the the Russians are going to keep him in the KHL for as long as they possibly can. Yeah. And the fact that you know, they're, they're, they've got a uh, significant, uh, you know, moratorium on that, and, and so they're, you know, they're not allowed to play in the IIHF and and things, and it's going to probably transfer over to the Olympics unless this war gets solved or what or what have you. But um, there's a lot of politics that that are involved, unfortunately, in this year's draft, especially with the Russian players. Well, Kaprizov last year too. He he went home. They weren't sure. Yep. It, it oh, took yeah. it took a you know it took a took some doing to get him back to the states. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's just the case in point. So I, I, I really don't know. There's a couple of Russian kids that are really good that I think will probably get drafted, but I, I wonder where, you know, will they be down the line or or not because I don't think there's any likelihood that they're going to be coming to the NHL anytime soon. On a quick note, by the way, on hockey, with uh, the question for, for uh, Doc is that uh, is our guy Dave Haxtell, is he the coach of the year in the NHL? Um, he certainly, in my opinion, should be, but I think probably it's gonna maybe be Lindy Ruff. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, all three of those guys that are nominated did a phenomenal job, and and how can you not, you know, consider Vegas 
um, the job that they did there. So, um, in my opinion, I think Dave came over, overcame the most adversity and, and had just an, a tremendous year. Uh, if I was a, a voting member, I would vote for him. Schloss had a good story on, on Dave Haxtell and Lindy Ruff, obviously both in the, in the spotlight in, in Nashville to win the, 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 the uh, Jack Adams Award. With that, and I was reading Schloss's part of that because you're right. I mean, Ruff led the Devils to, you know, what did they have, like a 112-point season, made a good uh, run right there. And then he, he went further in his story about how the, the tie with Haxtell and Ruff go back like five decades and I believe I was reading it. I, I kind of screenshotted some of it to Warburg, Alberta, Doc. Uh, yeah. Uh, Warburg, Alberta, a little over an hour right from southwest of Edmonton. And he went through the You're families right. of each. You know, the Hackstalls had three children, Dave, Brian, and Sandra. You know, the, the Ruff set had four hockey-playing sons, Randy, Lindy, Marty, and Brent. It was a great story how Dave Hackstall grew up playing on youth hockey teams with Brent Ruff, the youngest of the four brothers. And it went on and said, so there's a nice tie there between uh, the Hackstalls and the Ruffs. Yep. And I think, actually, Mike Commodore from UND who played for Carolina is around in that area, too. So it just kind of extends even further as far as the UND ties. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Dave is just, you know, he's a great guy. I have all the respect for him in the world. He's um, He's been very good to me. Uh, and, and I've interacted with him a lot, just with the World Junior players that we take from North Dakota and things. So, um uh, I, I certainly hope he gets it. He's very deserving of it, and uh, I think he just did one heck of a job this year, uh, taking that Seattle team that uh, you would not have really predicted had was going to go anywhere, was going to give them a few more years, and right out of the gates they played really well. Uh, they played typical Dave Hackstall hockey with good defense, but playing 200 feet, and uh, and it showed. And I think I think that in the future they're they're going to get nothing but better. So. I know they've got a couple draft choices right in the first round, so uh, so I think that uh, Dave deserves of it. And uh, if I was voting, uh, he'd be my vote. Heck of a career that that story Schloss went on and told the story of Brent Ruff, who, who might have been the best of all the brothers, and he was on that Swift Current team uh, that 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 accident in 1986 yep. on the way to a road yep. game, and yeah, remember that, and and and, and lost yep. his life in that accident and devastated certainly western canada so i'd encourage someone to look up that tie uh with hackstall and and rough and that story that that schloss had on that whole uh, thing uh, hockey never ends does it guys it's like uh, it's like the nope. nfl it's like, hockey, hockey's always in the news isn't it it hangs in there longer well, than ever I, did that's for sure oh yeah well i just i just got my notice that the uh, summer showcase is going to be in Plymouth, Michigan, with Team USA, Team Sw- Team uh, Finland, and Team Sweden, and that's going to be the last week in July, and that'll be kind of fun. But I'm not going this year for the first time in a long time, so it'll be kind of interesting how I feel at that point. But <laughs> uh, uh, but it's it's okay. It's time to move on. Time to to do something different. Uh, well, we always have an extra seat in the fan studio, Doc. Uh, that's kind of. By the way, our our text club question at 35270 and, and uh, Brian is going to be doing our random generator text club draw for Star Fireworks uh, you know, uh, 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 tickets and coupons that you can get uh, some reduced uh, dollars on fireworks and Red Hawks tickets when the Red Hawks take on Milwaukee uh, we'll let you go on this doc our, our question for the club today is your uh, your Johnson family vacation uh, your, basically your equivalent of a Wally World vacation things that may have gone a little astray during the course of a of a vacation, driving in the vehicle, do you have any doc over the years? Boy, that's a good one. Um, right. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw this one out there because this kind of fits. So, I tried to build a soapbox derby go kart when I was a young kid, and we had this huge hill. Well, I don't know. Did you ever go to Briarcliff College, Jack, in your travels? Oh, I have it, but I'm familiar. I'm certainly familiar. Well, there's a huge hill, and it's paved, and it's and it's the perfect hill to test out your your soapbox derby go kart, see if it works. And I was told several times by my parents not to do that. And being like 
12 years old or 11 years old, you know, you know better than they do anyway. And so we, my buddy and I decided we would go up and test the go-kart. And unfortunately the brake didn't work properly. And I would, I rolled over in the thing. I really scraped up my elbow bad, my knee bad, uh, probably had a concussion too. Who knows? But the very next day, we were going on the family vacation to Star Lake here in Minnesota, and I had no love whatsoever that whole five-hour trip, and I hurt, and it was and it was painful, and there was no love there, and uh, probably rightly so. You wore it, is what you did. You had to wear that trip. <laughs> yeah, no, those abrasions hurt so bad. I mean, you just even the wind touched them, and you just went, oh. But yeah, yeah, that's it. That's right. Well, Derek Lesson was almost learned, left in southern Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teenager learn, listen to your parents. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, Doc. As always, thanks, man, for the story. We'll do it again uh, coming up next week, I guess. Yeah, because we're we're closing in on. Uh, we got a lot of fourth of july shows coming up on the other show but hopefully get a chance to connect next week doc yeah no no problem uh, i'm working monday till noon anyway so it'll be a good way to to end monday morning and then uh, we'll go celebrate uh, the birth of this country yeah independence day baby that's exactly right thank you doc yeah. Phil. all right jack travel safe we'll, we'll come- be careful we shall. We shall indeed. We come back. We'll set the stage. The Twins back in action tonight, starting a series in Atlanta. As Derek mentioned, there's there's history there. So this should be a fun series, and obviously, uh, hopefully, a good series for Minnesota. Red Hawks en route to Texas. They start a series tomorrow night. Six at Cleveland. We'll come back. We'll uh, set the stage next. It's a Monday edition. Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen, Jack Michaels on the road on 740. The fan. Welcome back to the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson in studio. Jack Michaels on a bus down to Texas. Jack, I got to ask you, Brad and I were talking during the break because you brought up a great question about, you know, the nightmare travel stories or whatever and 35270 if you want to text those in. I was thinking to myself, because, you know, on those trips, you know, and I think it happens with a lot of siblings. You're just sick of each other, right? I mean, by the time you're on the road... So what's more likely to happen after... And I just we just heard the uh, promotion for the games on the air here. Red Hawks versus Railroaders fight because they're sick of each other, or Red Hawk versus Red Hawk fight because they're sick of each other. I mean, it's a long time to be with the same people or play the same opponents. You know what I'm getting at? I mean, hopefully there's not a beanball like in the second game. Otherwise, it's going to be a tense and you know another four days. Yeah, six games in a row uh, with the same umpire and crew. By the way, too, I'll add that in. So you get to know each other really really well and so if something happens I've always noticed this when you have these games where you got six against the same opponent if there's something that happens early in the series that lingers on oh, yeah. and gets exacerbated maybe midway through that's usually what I look at but to your point on the bus um, <laughs> thankfully these guys kind of get along and they know each other's idiosyncrasies a little bit right. it, it's not as uh you know, like it used to be. But, again, we're on, we're like on day one. We left last night. So, I mean, you talked to me on Thursday, Derek, and uh, and maybe things will change. But, but uh, yeah, and Cleveland, you know, we got a former railroader that will be starting against his old team on this trip and here at Alexander. I'm curious how it will how it'll play out. Temperatures, as Coaster said, even though it's going to be 105, 103, 104, 105, all that, at least the games are at night. So we'll add the element of heat, by the way, into that oh, yeah. equation uh, as well. And it's uh, and it's uh, turf down there too. Baseball and, and it's turf, yeah. So yeah, so that so I'm going to bring just some raw eggs and see if I can cook those before the game, right there on the field. You know that'll be good. It is uh, it is Abner Doubleday's birthday. I saw this guys, and I know that we're we're kind of running close. You know, baseball like we've never seen. The last what was it? A couple Sundays ago. Uh, I said I had I had uh, broadcast however long it's been, 30 years, 32, and I think I've called like one inside the Parker home run. We mentioned when Brad stepped in that, that one weekend, he called, uh, was it two triple plays, Brad? Yes. Right? Yes. In a game? Two triple plays you called. So we were talking about oddities in the sport, and I had called two inside the park home runs 
couple Sundays ago within a half inning. I didn't know, but on this date, 1976, Toby Hera, shortstop for the Texas Rangers, did something an entire, he was a shortstop for the Rangers, did something on this date that had never been done before and maybe hasn't since. Now, I'll throw that out just as you can ponder. We don't have enough time to, you know, play a game and take a lot of guesses on this. But off the top of your heads, Toby Harrod did something on this date in a doubleheader that had never been done, I believe, before, or I'm not so sure has since. Um, do you have an idea, uh, guys, if you're just going to throw something out? He's a shortstop, Toby Harrod. Shortstop? Because so I was going to say start both games as a Short- pitcher, but... Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I will. I'll leave you there. I don't know. Are you contemplating? I am, but I'm just drawing a blank. Grand slams. He had played it in. He had played it. Not a bad. That's a great guess. I think Toby Heron and Bunt Wills, by the way, each hit an inside the park home run in a game. But Toby Heron on this date in 1976 played an entire doubleheader short without touching. A batted ball from the Chicago White Sox. Really? That seems odd That's at that position. Very odd. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's from the obscure. From the obscure. Oh, we got another one just emailed in. Two unassisted triple plays. Not a bad guess. But no, he played an entire doubleheader without handling a batted ball. Wow. From the Chicago White Sox. Now, can you re- can you recall that ever happening since? I think there's rarity having a game where you don't put in your scoring six somewhere, right? I right, mean, six or four. Yeah. Right, right. Without handling an entire That's amazing. ball no. uh, for, for two games. A couple of textures about uh, trip stories. Yeah. Uh, here's one here. Kid's sister forgot her stuffed animal yes. on a two-week road trip from Mandan to Tacoma, Washington. Distraught, to say the least. Tears pretty much the entire trip <laughs> oh, out man. west. Uh, let's see here. There was another one, too. It was a little bit longer. That I, I This was a good one, and I want to share this one. There we go. Went on a trip to Indianapolis for FFA. On the charter bus on the way home, the bus blew a belt on the way home in Clearwater, Iowa, with 40 kids and no way to get it fixed. Had to call the local school district to get a school bus to haul all of us to Rochester Airport so for each school to get rental cars so we could get back to Fargo. Then had to get back to each of the chapter's hometowns. Supposed to get home at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. It was midnight. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, there. Boy, that, uh, was that Clear Lake, Iowa, did I hear, or Clearwater? Clearwater, Iowa. Oh, okay. I was going to think, boy, Clear Lake, that would have been odd. The whole Buddy Holly, surf ball room, all of that. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about fun, that trip right there. Well, no one could top, you know, Aunt Edna dying or the dog being strapped to the, you know, hooked out to the bumper. So that's very true. One last, one last call. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, One last call. Star S T A R R three five two seven zero. Put you uh, in the drawing. We'll pick a couple of winners here for ten dollar gift cards to Star Fireworks and. Also, four Red Hawks tickets for the July 6th game against Milwaukee. We'll be at Star Fireworks tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Tis the season as uh, fireworks season is uh, well in the full swing. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but that should have been a promotion. Come on, hang out with a bunch of punks. Get it? Thank you. Gotcha. That's, uh, that's, that's that. Safe, tra- uh, safe travels. Safe travels. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. All right, sounds good. All right, Collins next.